Oh, yeah, I've got my dog. My dog is in here. She's she's pretty fat though. She should. Your dog be is welcome. Yeah, she's a she's a fat girl. Remy, you are thick. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget, today is pizza day. So head on down to the cafeteria to grab yourself a hot slice. Hey everyone, welcome to Special Containment Podcast. I'm Jake of Forlorn Foundry, and joined with me, I have James of Forlorn Foundry and Eckhart Slatter. How's it going, guys? I like how you're joined with each other, too. We are joined. It is physical. It is painful at times. Combined to the hip. We've been offered surgery, but the, the risk of dying is too high, so we turn it down. Plus, you guys can like both edit at the same time, too, and sit in the same computer chair, which I think is... Kind of a nice benefit. We've done it. I will say. Go. We did a 40-hour uh, film festival. That was fun. Uh, th- that sounds like not fun at all. I mean, I only edit crappy Star Wars videos, and it takes me like two hours, and by the end, I'm like, never again. <laughs> the oh, next yeah, it was, it was really fun, uh, you know, having that kind of, oh, we really got to get it done. We got to get it done. And then uh, we lost anyway, which is fine, because there was like 70 applications to it or whatever, and... It was it was a bunch of dramas that won. They always yeah. win. Yeah. I, I like uh, reading about like or like the game. What do they call them again? Like the game blitzes or whatever, where it's the same thing. Game they jam. sit down for game jam. Yeah, they sit down for like forty eight hours and occasionally like I think Super Meat Boy might have developed from one of those or like a, a bunch of indie games will come from that. And it's I don't know. It's probably more than anything a good way to get the creative juices flowing. Oh yeah, uh, legendary video game hero uh, Notch. Uh, he he also made Minecraft, I believe. It was uh, kind of a descendant of a game jam thing. Hmm. Okay, Notch is that. definitely let's praise him, right? Yeah. Anyway, he hasn't had any gamer moments. No gamer all. moments at all. <laughs> definitely not. Oh, oh boy. boy, what a what a strong start. <laughs> yes, off the rails. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, it's it's all fine. It's all this good. is what the people want. Okay. Well. I have to say, welcome to uh, the SCP community. Thank you. It's been so. I started reading SCPs like way back in the day. I remember discovering them as like a security guard. I used to work in this empty office building. Um, it was like a twelve-story tall tower, and I'd work there till like twelve or one in the morning, all by myself. Mm. So it was the perfect. Um, it was mostly when I was in law school and I guess undergrad. So it was like the perfect. Um, I mean, I was still spooked, I'm not going to lie. But it was the perfect uh, environment to read them. And so I start, after I started my YouTube channel, and I started to branch away from just Star Wars, and for those who don't know, I, I do have a YouTube channel where I mostly cover Star Wars and science fiction. I was like, I've heard that like there's a pretty big SCP community, and I'd seen some of your guys' videos, but uh, I didn't realize that the lore scene was so big. So it's pretty cool now that I can like kind of go back and you know, become a sort of member of the community. Not as much as, you know, half of you guys have been a part of the scene for a very long time. I'm still new, but so far reception's been really, really great. Yeah, no, we're the we're the youngins. Logan and Sim, they've they've been like mainstays for years. They've been yeah. grinding. Yeah. It is a grind too. Like <laughs> like I'll just I obviously don't want to cover any topics that you know one of them have already covered because they've probably done it much better than me. And, you know, no use duplicating good work. So 
I like find one that I really, really like, and once you know it, it's been covered already. Uh, there must be what, like 10 or 10 decently sized SCP channels out there just grinding away, so I think it really speaks to the strength of the, the content as much as anything else. I'd say that, you know, even if you, you feel that way, mm -hmm. I think you can, like, there's always a way to put a spin on it. There's a way to, totally. you know, put in your own input. And, you know, if all else fails, you're introducing it to your fans who may not have never heard of it. And mm -hmm. they're hearing it from you. That's true. And then I get and to feel always... the, uh, is SCP real question? Oh, oh yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> time. Oh, my Lord. You know. See, now you're a part of the community. You've, yeah. you've been, uh, that's the hazing ritual. It goes on yeah. forever. It never ends. I did do something like that with the flesh that hates. I did I did like a, a versus video with them, which was kind of fun. But it's crazy yeah, to see just the amount of creativity and stuff in the community. Yeah, Sim does a lot of those. He like eats yeah. that shit up. Yeah, nah, that's fun. I'm not gonna lie though, when you guys asked me to be on the podcast, I was like, ah, I don't like I. I'm basically learning as I do it, so like, I don't want to like embarrass myself with the lore. It's the same thing with Star Wars. Really, anytime someone. Like wants to have me to talk about stuff. I'm like, people are gonna realize I'm not a fraud, but I feel like one sometimes. Um, I feel like you really can't be an expert with Star Wars lore. There's so much. Yeah. You can be like, oh, I I specialize in Mon Calamari politics. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> because I mean, there's just so much to it. I I consider myself, oh yeah, I'm a Star Wars fan. I know things. Yeah. And then I look at it, I'm like, I know nothing. Yeah. I, I don't I know get, where I, I am. get like that too all the time. That happened to me today when I was writing, or yesterday when I was writing today's video. Um. Or like people will be like, "Oh, what's your favorite um, clone trooper armor sub variant that the commu that the communos produced in 20 BBY or something crazy specific?" And I'm just like, eh. <laughs> "I don't know, man." <laughs> I mean, do you oh, feel like you there's a lot more pressure with the Star Wars fan base to like get everything right? <sighs> it depends. Like when it comes to something like the Clone Wars, and I guess I use that example for a reason. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen the show, but I have the, yeah. bits. Yeah, yeah bits. So the generation that's like watching a lot of YouTube right now is the one that grew up with the Clone Wars. And I was sort of, I guess, a little older when it came out. So I never really wa I didn't really watch a lot of it until um, I started doing YouTube and I guess slightly before. So my knowledge in that area is really, really limited. So I'm like careful about what I say. I'm like pretty clear that, yeah, I'm, I'm uh, I don't hold myself up to be an expert in this area whatsoever so sometimes I get questions and I'm just like I'm sorry I just don't know <laughs> but you do definitely feel vulnerable especially because other people hold me up to be or not just me but I think generally like youtubers or people who talk about stuff like this other people will hold you up to be some sort of uh, really knowledgeable individual when really I'm mm -hmm. just somebody who's read the books just like everyone else and watched the movies so I don't have like all the answers and I don't I've got a really poor memory as well. Um, Ooh, I feel so, that. Yeah. I have horrible, horrible short-term memory. Yeah. Like, literally, I forget half the shit we worked on sometimes. <laughs> it's, it's kind of bad. And, you know, you I don't even make nearly as much shit as you do. Mm -hmm. Like, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm... For me, it's names. So, like, I was just, like... I saw someone I went to law school with the other day. And I was like... Please do not talk to me because I genuinely, I gen genuinely do not remember your name, um, or like celebrities. It's like obviously not the most important thing, but I'll just forget the name of like, like George Clooney for something. I, I'm, I think mm. I got hit too much on the head or something <laughs> at one point, but uh, but yeah. Names aren't easy. I I tell people like don't be offended. It's gonna take twice 
twice. Yeah. Uh, like the first time I meet you, I'm too flustered and nervous to even retain yeah. anything that you're saying. The second time, I'll be like, ah, I recognize that face. You're, uh, yes. James. <laughs> James. Yeah, yeah. Oh, James. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I forgot. Yeah, the first time you're, you meet somebody, I think you're mostly concerned about remembering your name, <laughs> introducing your name properly. Like, I've definitely had that, too, where, like, I'll meet somebody and they'll tell me their name and, like, it just didn't even register, not even for a second. Just smile and nod. Depends. I will say, okay, to make you feel better, you're mentioning about, like, oh, what if I don't get SCP lore right? Mm -hmm. I feel like me and Jake are very lacking in that field. Like, <laughs> last episode, Sim and Mang uh, Exploring Series were going mm -hmm. off about, like, the particulars of an SCP article we were uh, reviewing. And I'm mm -hmm. just kind of like, yeah cool i thought it was Dope. nice yeah <laughs> like uh i'm not a fraud I like the part that was spooky <laughs> yeah like oh yeah this connects nicely with uh, scp 4691 about <laughs> like yeah like sim it's like overwhelming with samarian because like totally. he's been there since the start almost almost i think like it used to be that you could a hundred percent have binged pretty much all of it in not too it wouldn't have taken too much time yeah. And by that point, you would have like seen it all. Totally. And then you could have potentially moved on to listening or you know, not listening to, but reading the tales because mm -hmm. there's more. There's an extended kind of thing to it where people are actually utilizing SCPs and their own characters to create tales. And some of these are better than, than a lot of articles. Totally. So you could have definitely gotten to that point. And, you know, James and I, I think when, when we both discovered SCP independently, it was, you know, you, you binge for a bit. You... You read a mm -hmm. bunch, you're trying to absorb as much as you can, but then you look in it, you know, even then, back in when I was doing it, it was only, I think, it was only up to, like, 2,000. Yeah. Maybe. And now it's, I mean, there's tons. There's so many of them. Yep. Yeah. I remember when I first started, there was, like, a lot. The very first one that I remember coming out, I, I don't remember if I found it on Reddit or somewhere else, but it was... And I just Googled it because I wouldn't remember the number off the top of my head. SCP-1733. And it's the NBA game that, like, oh, goes yeah, on forever. Yeah. That, that's my favorite one, too. Huh. I think of all time. And, uh, yeah, that, after that point, I kind of just binged them, like, every night because I had, you know, six or seven hours at a, at a desk doing nothing. Uh, the internet wasn't that fast, but it doesn't really matter for... The site was, I think, a bit more text-based and a bit more... There was less kind of... Uh, do dickies in the do hickeys not do dickies that's different do hickeys <laughs> in the article um so you could kind of i could load it on my slow work internet and i remember i read all of like the really highly rated ones and then was just reading random ones and there wasn't too much left after you know i was on it for for a while and that was i guess probably eight or seven or eight years ago i know that's not the beginning but it's still you know the site was a lot smaller than it is now it's crazy how it's like continued to balloon and snowball oh yeah, yeah. it essentially went viral a, a few different times uh, so when you were looking at it it was very much like this secret kind of thing that you could have mm -hmm. stumbled upon and yeah. I, frankly i mean it's been around for about 10 10 to 11 years i think depending on yeah nearing 11 yeah i believe it's yeah. around that point but it's when the game started coming out and not just like uh, you know, walking down a staircase simulator. Mm -hmm. It was when Containment Breach came out that it really hit its stride right. and at least getting a ton of people because, you know, let's players. Yeah. So that's where yeah. we have most of our uh, audience now. That's what they are. I'm sure Reddit helps quite a bit too. I, th I think I probably found it from like 4chan or something, not from Reddit, but um, 
But I've never even played any of the games, which is weird, but I only got a like a decently functional computer when I started YouTube. Hmm. Um, so like it's kind of like I'm going back and like I'll be like streaming Star Wars games that I couldn't when I was a kid um, or whatever else. Not because we were poor or anything, just because having a computer was never a big or having like a top of the line computer was never a big priority for my parents and it wasn't a big priority for me too. So I never got to play any of them, but I really want to go back now at some point and do as much as I can. I think that's pretty shocking here, given me and Jake grew up on the internet. So it's like, what? What did yeah, you do with your time? You I'm twenty. We're, we're both twenty three. We're both twenty three. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm twenty seven. Like we still had the internet. I got the internet in grade two, and we were really late getting the internet. Um, and we grew up on the internet. I grew up on MSN and Facebook and stuff. But it was just gaming, I guess. Like I, I always had a perfectly hmm. functional, you know, PC, even a laptop growing up. But um, when I was playing games, it was on Xbox because that's what all my friends had. Yeah. It, that, there was like a peak period, I feel, for Xbox that it was really like, this is yeah. it. You come home from school and you just you, you, you play games. You play Halo. Totally. It's, yep. it's got to be Halo 3. Halo 3. Halo 3 customs were pe- legendary. It, it united both nerd and jock. Uh, <laughs> That's you know, so there, true. There, were, there were people that I would have never talked to in school. And then I come home and we're playing like Fat Kid on Pie Factory. And I'm just like <laughs> sweeping the floor with them. And I'm like, oh, yeah, 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 eat yeah. that. And then in school, head down, hands in pockets. But, you know, fun <laughs> fun times with Halo. You were that fat guy in the pie factory. I was, yeah, just unfortunately. Um, <laughs> I don't know what you look like, so <laughs> that wasn't a slight. Dangerously <laughs> accurate. <laughs> okay, well, now I feel <laughs> People worry. just, yeah. Anyway, um, my buddies and I, we were more about the, uh, we were the Team Slayer tryhards. We'd always get four of us. With our like custom clan name and stuff, and MLG. I guess you could have MLG yeah. only BXR. Well, we were we weren't we tried. I mean, we weren't very good. We never even got a fifty in Team Slayer, which was pretty damn easy in Halo Three. Um, but yeah, I, that's some really fond memories. I guess I would have been in grade. I was trying to figure this out on the stream the other day. Halo Three came out in two thousand eight. I'm pretty sure. Was it seven? Two thousand seven. Okay. Oh yeah, two thousand seven. So I was like grade ten when it came out. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I had the same experience everyone else did, just basically playing a shitload of it, um, and losing a bit of social life in the meantime. Well, gaining a different social life. I feel for you. I was honestly very jealous. I grew up in Nintendo because my parents were like, we're not paying for you to play with people online. Yeah. So I just, The Legend of Zelda and Animal Crossing it up. I well, kind of regret not playing some of those games because for me, like, yeah. my, I, when I was, I, I've grown up with computers. I was using a Macintosh when I was two. And I was like, I was playing Postopia and all this crap just online, whatever. Neopets, throw yes. it at me. And then eventually, like, I think in, <laughs> in first grade, first grade, my, uh, my dad got me an original Xbox. And I was like, oh, this is cool, I guess. And then I got Halo. And, and there are some scholars, a.k.a. my mom at this point, who, uh, who believe that that's where my life ended. <laughs> uh, when I was introduced to Halo, and it never really—that was it. I'm I'm something of a Halo super fan. Awesome! I, I didn't I didn't know that. Oh um, yeah, I know too much about that series, and they have consistently hurt me. I am a wounded Halo fan, I will say. Yeah, me uh, too. Um, that's like another. It's the same with Star Wars. Halo's got a lot of lore. Oh, Star Wars like, too. Oh, they've done it a dirty. I feel, but there's people who like it. Yeah, I. I I don't think they've done it as objective of a dirty as Halo has 
been done. The sentence is getting confusing. But um, but yeah, so for me, like, I know most of the lore up to Halo 3. And then, like, after that, I've picked up some of the novels and stuff. But, like, I have people that help me with some of my Halo videos. Unless it's about spaceships, because I can usually manage that on my own. Um, but, but yeah, it's... They've... I've been hurt a few times by Halo as well. I remember playing through Halo 4 and just taking the poster down in my room. <laughs> oh my god, I was Damn. so hyped for it. There was a, This is around the time that New York had, was hit by a hurricane. This was Hurricane Sandy. So mm -hmm. we were like out of power. And the second my power got back, I just like grabbed Halo 4. I'm like, this is it. We're doing it. And after just doing it in one day, I was like, so, so that was Halo 4, huh? Yeah, Halo 4 was the last game I waited in line to get a physical copy of. Oh boy. Um, and not because it was a... Not because Halo 4 was that bad. That's not what stopped it. Just that doesn't really happen anymore. No, not at um, all. The game stopped near me that, you know, we used to wait in line for all the releases. You know, I was there for Midnight Release with Skyrim, Halo 3, all this stuff. Oh, yeah. They closed down. It's just, mm -hmm. you know, get it digital. Get your I have really games. fond memories of that, too. Like, waiting in line, like, yeah, okay, it kind of sucks. But you're only going to be there for a few hours. And it's just fun because everyone's pumped up. Everyone's super excited. Um, yeah, I, I miss that. I, I mean, digital is so convenient, but there's something to be said about having the experience of going and picking up a physical copy. Like, although I don't, like, miss having to do this in a way, I do kind of am nostalgic for having to run around town to, like, try to find a copy of, like, The Last of Us or whatever, or, like, Halo 3 being completely sold out the Christmas um, of 2007 and my buddy scratching it in his Xbox. I mean, one thing I really miss that definitely the newer generation, God, I'm not even that old, let's be real. But anyway, the newer generation, they'll never get to experience the whole like video game rumors. Like I remember when I used to play uh, Smash yeah. and it's like, oh, Toad, he's the the ultimate unlockable character and like all these cool little fun, like almost like creepypasta-esque kind of discoveries sometimes with video games that like the internet has completely killed. Well, you know, we, yeah. can, we can kind of turn this around because this is actually... This is something to be said about YouTube. YouTube has changed so much in what it used to be was just, you know, a repository for whatever videos. And it was very easy for if you hit the wrong thumbnails too many times, you'd enter the dark section of YouTube, which was like found Not mermaid. <laughs> oh, no, no. This was like <laughs> weird mermaid spotted, uh, real, real paranormal footage, uh, UFO or just like yeah, totally wild stuff. That. And you'd have like, oh, people would just make such fake crap like how to unlock a uh, crazy new, like, Halo helmet, and you get Rick yeah. I think or, everyone remembers that uh, picture of, like, the, the leaked, and I'm doing air quotes because you guys can't see, the leaked Halo 4 image with, like, the, uh, I don't even remember what it was from. It was just some, like, monster in a uh, cave, and, like... It is this big, like, worm thing kind yeah, of sitting there. Yeah. And the reason I know this is because it was brought up on Reddit, like, not too long ago. And I'm like, what is oh, this? Is like, that... I want to, like, look into it. Mm -hmm. And it was apparently... They took this monster from, uh, it was Gunman Chronicles, which is a Half-Life yeah. 1 mod. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. what the hell? So I actually sat down and played the mod, and it's pretty good. It was there. I'm like, hey, look, you're the Halo 4 leak. One thing I've discovered is about YouTube is a lot of YouTube, especially videos that are watched by kids, and this is kind of a, a negative, is people click on thumbnails that are bizarre in that, like, trigger confusion Mm. And, like, like, f for example, kids, and I, I think both of you are probably familiar with 
there was that uh there, there still is con like so I, i've got a kid some some of you your viewers if they watch my channel might not know that but I, i've got a, a an eight month old and so i'm starting to like look at what kids youtube is like and people put thumbnails that like will just trigger the part in like a kid's brain that's like there's something like dark association there or some strange mm. association like one thing that you see a lot of is needles and oh, bugs yeah. and people put that stuff in thumbnails to try to get kids to click and it's it changes as you get older but another example is like what you were talking about earlier uh jake with like the 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 sea creatures for example would be like some bizarre fish or something i remember seeing it'd be like oh deep like deep fish pulled up and it would just be like something that was just clearly bizarre enough that you're like i know this is probably fake but it's just so weird i gotta check it out and uh that was that halo thing too so a, a big portion of getting views on YouTube, at least back then, was just making some real weird shit and putting in a thumbnail. Well, actually, I have an interesting. Since you are a YouTuber and you have a mm -hmm. decent understanding of YouTube, sure. Does that make you want to ban YouTube from like your kid for a while? Um, no, not necessarily. But so my, I I do watch YouTube with my kids sometimes. Just like okay. I'll put on like nursery rhymes or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, but you've got to be really, really careful because, like, I was looking for this, um, video that he watches and, uh, like, not even, on the first page of search results, there was one of those, like, it was, like, doctor, uh, it was, like, a doctor giving a needle to, like, a pregnant mini mouse or something <laughs> with, like, a bug inside of oh her. It's really, God. like, obscene and strange shit. And you click on that and it only gets worse and, like... It's just there's something really nefarious about it all, so you have to be careful. I think was it Spider-Man Elsa that started all that shit? It's definitely the thing that was most public, but it's a really yeah. sick thing that's been going on for quite a while. And the, the the thing is, a lot of parents they just look up like uh, YouTube like children thing, and then they put on like a playlist. But there's yeah. nobody who curates these playlists. None of exactly. them are official. So at the very end, you can have anything. And I mean, you can age restrict certain things, but some things are not really worthy of age restriction, but are definitely yeah. questionable. I was going to say, sometimes it's not even playlists, too. It's just browse. And there have been various studies that show, like, you, as the longer you're on, like, one of those browse trains or recommended trains where, like, you just keep watching videos YouTube suggests to you, um, the, the more they'll hone in on a particular sort of aspect of the video. And, like, I don't want to get political because it doesn't matter, but they talk about that sometimes with radicalization or with... Um, just anything, you know, like like the more you watch on a specific topic, the more you kind of dig deep and and thus often the more extreme you, you get about the um, specific topic. So if you leave, you know, what starts out relatively simple as a kid's video and it's just YouTube recommendations might pick up on one um, aspect of that. Like say a video has bugs in it and then you get started on this whole kind of train where, okay, first it's bugs, then it's eating bugs and then it's like bug pregnancy like the video that i saw earlier mm. and then you know who knows where yeah they have well, like bug fight clubs yeah, <laughs> it's cool a little inhumane no just period okay. <laughs> my, my bad very cool <laughs> no i remember they had that when i was a kid too um but your question is a good one like about whether i'm gonna pay attention i'll, I'll pay attention to what my kid does but I navigated the internet too when I was like not he'll have it his entire life when I was you know 12 or 13 I started to have mm -hmm. a bit more unfettered access to it lime wire and shit and like I don't yeah. know it's a throwback I definitely was kind of 
also in the wild, wild west of the internet. Pretty much just finding stuff on my own, no one there to really monitor it or censor it, so... You fall into some interesting portions of the internet if you're not careful. Definitely, and you can do a lot to protect your kid at home. You can put the internet, you can put the the uh, computer in the living room or limit time or whatever else. But your kid's gonna have friends. I remember the first time, like I started, like like me, I'd go to my buddy's house, and maybe his mom's not as attentive or whatever. Um, so like, there's only so much you can do to protect anyone from that sort of stuff. You kind of just have to prepare them and teach them, and like, you know. Oh my God. You just reminded me of an old memory I thought I forgot about. <laughs> the first time I ever saw porn, I was like tw- 12. Okay, the reason why I, you know, most people find, it, I guess, when they're 10, but I grew up with Net Zero, which for people who don't know is extremely slow internet. And if you pick up the phone, your internet cuts out. And my dad worked at home, so he was always on the phone. But uh, I went over to my friend's house and. He's like, oh my god, dude, you have to see this. And we were really into Transformers around then. <laughs> um, I think you can see where this is going. And he's like, yo, check out this hot pick I found. <laughs> and it's a really shitty Photoshop of Megan Fox's face over some like naked girl. And I'm like, oh my god. The good old days. I didn't know how to process it. I was just like, huh. <laughs> Back when you could still believe that. God, yeah. And this it was like... like I don't know. You could tell he was getting 10 viruses looking at this photo. Yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Computer's still infected. Every computer he gets is just... Warning. This game will make you come instantly. (laughs) Yeah. It's it's all that great stuff. I mean, it it, it reminds me, like... um, like, This is a a thing with, like, trying to, like, I guess, steer you away from certain media. Uh It's it's so difficult because I'm, I'm thinking back when I'm, like, a kid. There's time, like... I, I once walked down my stairs into the basement just to see what my grandpa was up to. Uh-huh. Don't, don't worry. Um, okay. And uh, worried. I like looked at his TV, and I'm like, oh, what is this? And it was playing Starship Troopers, which is nice. a great movie, fantastic yeah. movie. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. it was the cow scene. So I come downstairs, oh. and it's a cow <laughs> being shredded, thrown <laughs> limb from limb, screaming as though like a giant bug is just tearing it apart. And I just start sobbing and sprint up the stairs. <laughs> Couldn't have helped it. Couldn't have avoided it. It was just... Uh, I don't feel like having, to see that. Being exposed to Starship Troopers at a young age is like the best way to make a man or a woman... It will make a man out of you. It'll make mm-hmm. you a citizen. Uh, <laughs> no, citizenship has to be earned. My bad, yeah. I was... I, I had far. a stream uh, a couple nights ago. And at the end of it, we were uh, watching Starship Troopers. And... That's funny because it's a movie that really changes, like at a certain point once you start understanding like satire and stuff. Yep. And like when you're a kid, when you watch it, like I was pretty young when I watched it for the first time. Same with like movies like Total Recall or whatever else. Mm-hmm. And you just see the pure violence, and you think that it's like a serious um, sci-fi movie about these a- evil alien bugs or whatever. And then you watch it later, and you're like, <laughs> the scene at the end where they're they're like literally all wearing Nazi jackets, and yeah. um. Oh, what's his name comes up to the the like the queen bug and sticks its fingers in his nose mm. and Neil like, Patrick Harris. Yeah, Neil Patrick Harris. It's afraid, and then they're all afraid. cheering. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, it's so funny, but also uh, pretty poignant, I guess. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna connect this to Godzilla somehow, and it's gonna okay. work. So we'll see. It's interesting because it's one of those cases where like it's when you I guess when you're older and you don't just read it as like a cool like sci-fi thing, it's very clearly satire. Mm-hmm. But 
in this in all the sequels everything every extended piece of work for it for starship troopers drop oh out. yeah immediately drop that yeah. it's just it's taken it completely seriously mm -hmm. it sort of avoided it, it it missed the real part that made it special and that's why most of them are only straight to dvd right I feel like godzilla the original novel is yeah you oh know, the, yeah because godzilla the original one is horror it's a it's a meant to symbolize kind of the the fear and just the terror of nuclear power nuclear right. uh, bombs and only right. only after man decades in 2016 we get a godzilla that years. actually is very similar to that it's a spiritual rebirth shin godzilla that oh, okay. one that one is a horror it's focused on the horror of nuclear energy it's mainly like a big sort of uh allegory for fukushima mm-hmm but in between those two movies, you have a lot of rubber suit action, lots of fighting, right. which, don't get me wrong, I love it. It's awesome. I grew up with it. It's the coolest shit. Same. But very different from uh, what was originally kind of put out there. I don't know. I don't really know enough about Godzilla, but I like I like when he when he roars. Oh yeah, that's um, all you need no, to know. That is it is interesting how like messages get kind of lost like that. But, like Starship Trooper is the if you re ever read the book, it's like the exact opposite of the movie, which I think is kind of why the sequels go astray because the book is kind of like a pro-military. I mean, it's not propaganda, but it's not not propaganda either. It, it's it, it's it's basically like about the the worthiness of serving the military and self-sacrifice and stuff. Um, and then yeah, the movie kind of obviously goes in a completely different direction. I'm, I'm interested about that Godzilla stuff now because I've never I've never seen uh, well, who's that Matthew Broderick the '99 one or whatever. No, don't watch that. it. Don't watch that. I don't watch uh, that one. That's not Godzilla. <laughs> it's too late. No, nope. no, don't do it's it. Too late. Do it. Okay. No, I, I saw the uh, I, saw, I saw the recent American one. I thought it was pretty cool, and the trailer for the new one was really good. I heard the movie's less so, but I, I did mean, not like it. it yeah. yeah, you kind of would assume that they would have fixed the issue from the one in 2014, which was like, hey, there's not enough monster fighting. They're like, we've right. heard your prayers. We've added four <laughs> more monster fighting scenes. We're like, no, 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 no. We need more. But I think there's still some cool spectacle things that happen in the movie. I like yeah. that. Yeah, it's just not it worth was, sitting through two and a half yeah, hours of. Not quite. But it's one of those movies yeah. where I have to say, I would never watch it on a TV. You kind of have to watch it in a theater. Yeah, that's. I think I'm going to end up going on some random day. Because, I mean, I work from home. I can go whenever I want. I'll just go Perhaps. by myself someday. and See it on Tuesday, a matinee, pay five bucks. Yeah, 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 that's exactly. Way to go. Um, I thought the the first trailer for that movie with Claire de Lune or whatever whatever song it was was phenomenal. I don't know if you guys remember that yeah, one. Yeah, no, I saw that one. Yeah, I, think. I was I was following it pretty. I'm a, I grew up with Godzilla too, so. Oh, uh, okay. But, I mean, I'd say the OG, the original one, definitely watch that one, because I think yeah, that's well, definitely like, one of the strongest I like old movies. So. When did, when did the first one come out? Like 70s? 54. 50s? 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 Yeah. Wow. Black and white. Wow, I didn't realize it was that old. It yeah. is old. It is still. Everyone who watched that movie probably remembered uh, the nuclear attacks say, on Japan. Not to, some not to be uh, offensive, but they're still feeling some of the radiation. Oh, boy. Yeah. yeah, it's still fresh. Feeling the yeah. heat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Huh. Definitely, a, it was it, interesting. It was interesting. Yeah. I don't remember in the first one if America was involved too much. Because they like to, they like to get America in some of the movies, mm -hmm. as kind of like a big oaf who's like, ah, threat, let's nuke it, or whatever. Yeah. But uh, 
I, it's it's somewhat about environmentalism too, isn't it? Yes. Like just generally. Mm -hmm. I say the older the, ones picked it in more. The older yeah. one, what more more environmental? You think? Yeah, like like the Mothra stuff. That's all very like we gotta protect oh, okay, these okay, animals. Yeah. There's a lot and, of like know. I mean they have like Hedera. It was just a pile of garbage, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Basically, Godzilla fights pollution. <laughs> Literally, pollution is punching him in the dick. He's very big, subtle. He's scary. Yeah, incredibly subtle. Um, two hundred. And then they and subtle. then they kind of just were like, "Fuck it, let's just do aliens." And then for a while, it was just like crazy alien shit. Dude, screw it. An alien has invaded. It's taken over. It's replaced the mayor of Tokyo, and now Godzilla has to beat their ass. Yep. So a little different from the political message that it was originally intended, but I still yeah, like it. Still fun though. Absolutely. But uh, speaking of fun, I yeah. saw you somewhat recently went to Star Wars Land. Did it, like, make your dreams yeah. come true? Yeah, so I was down for EA Play, um, and it was kind of like a, like, they, they kind of broke our hearts a little bit because, so it, it was a, a thing with EA. They took us to, to Disney because I'm a shell. Um, not, not really, but I get called one sometimes. Um, shell. But, yeah, that's one more. Just add it to the list. But, um... So they messaged us. Be I don't know if I'm supposed to say this. Whatever. They messaged us beforehand, and we we're like, "Don't." They were like, "Don't tell anyone." But we're gonna try to get you into Galaxy's Edge. So we we're like, "Sweet," because it, it's hard to get in now. You, it, the the section of the park is it's not a full park, right? It's just a section of Disney World or mm -hmm. Disneyland. I, I don't know much about Disney, but yeah, Disneyland. It's a section yeah. of the Disneyland, yeah. A section of the park. Um, it's free to get into, but because obviously demand is so high, you need to have reservations now, and they were yeah. snapped up in like an instant. There's um, like a timing thing too, right? Like you can only be there for X amount yeah, of hours, for two hours and then a stormtrooper uh, escorts you out. Or four hours. Yeah, yeah. Four hours, I think. It's like in blocks. And the first and the last hour, they like, they overlap. So like I'll have a four, like say I'm 12 to four, your guys' block might start at three. Um, so for from three to four, you share with me. Then two to six, you have it your own. And then um, from at seven, someone from the next block would get in. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty great. I mean, I've never really, I, like, obviously, I really like Disney movies and stuff. Or as a kid, I really liked them. I'm not like one of the huge fanatics or anything, but I thought Disneyland itself was awesome. All the Indiana Jones rides and stuff, and I don't know, all all that stuff wasn't cool. And then Star Wars, um, Star Wars Land, Galaxy's Edge was a whole nother level. So we thought we weren't gonna get to go because they messaged us like before we got to LA. They're like, we had tickets. Um, Disney was down and then they just canceled on us because Disney will just do shit like that. Um, hmm. And then we got to Galaxy's Edge and, or sorry, we got to Disney and my community manager, Jay, he like basically pulled us into like a back room and just like talked to these people wearing badges. And they're like, all right, you can go. And then it was pretty awesome. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. That's cool. Did you get uh, like behind the scenes access too? Uh, not really. Not to Galaxy's Edge. Um, it, I mean, it wasn't super busy there, so I, I think it, it's it's not representative of what the experience will be like once the once the scheduling is over. Um, mm. but but yeah, it, it was it was pretty cool. I didn't I regret not building the lightsaber. It's like two hundred bucks, but um, I will say that you have to keep your expectations in line because right right now there's only one ride. A lot of it's atmosphere, shops, food, drink experiences. Um, so you got kind of, you can't go expecting to like have a full day of rides there because it, it's just one ride right now. It'll be, I think two or three later. Mm -hmm. Um, 
but yeah, it was, it was really fun. How was Cantina? Uh, so there's two cantinas. There's one yeah. that's like a restaurant, and then there's one that's like an actual bar, and we couldn't get into the bar. Oh, um, It was too Come busy. I, I know, because it looked awesome. <laughs> How else are you going to yell at George to get out? Oh, you just stick your head in. You don't need to go in. Just stick your head in. And Any George in here? You don't belong here. <laughs> we don't serve your kind. The, uh, the most impressive thing on that note is actually, like, the animatronics and, like, the, uh, like, obviously the the suits and the characters they have walking around is really cool, too. But, like, one of the shops is, like, a giant Ithorian. That's, like, I don't know if you guys know that alien, but, like, love the giant. Him. Love them. Yeah. Favorite race in Star Wars. Yeah, Jake down. knows them. Yeah. Okay. Well, they've got, in one of the shops, they've got a giant life-size Ithorian kind of, like, behind a desk. He's, like, looks like he's, like, doing some accounting or something. And it was incredible. Like, the detail on him was incredible. Like, the fluidity of his movement. Um, it's just, it's, like... What they're doing is next level, and I think once they, I, I think the one in Florida is going to be more expansive and is going to have a hotel. Oh, I didn't know they're making one in Florida. Yeah, oh. and I haven't seen anyone talking about this, but they're also making one in Toronto. I don't oh. know if it's going to be Galaxy's Edge, they, but some sort of Star Wars park in Toronto. Um, and yeah, it's just next level. For me, I didn't it would know there was the a Disney World. It, it would have yeah. to be the atmosphere to be the coolest part of it, really. Mm-hmm. That's what I think, at least. Yeah. So, like, I, I was, like, filming the Stormtroopers just for, like, Snapchat or Vanity or something. But um, uh, they came up. Like, one walked up behind me. The other walked up right in front of me and kind of, like, uh, like pre- it's like pretend bullying. But it's kind of like they, like, come up and they're, like, right in your face and stuff. And so you're, like, this is pretty crazy. Like, yeah. Obviously, they treat kids differently and whatnot, but. Well, that's Disney um, putting their flair to it. You know, they've always been yeah. fantastic with their performers to really make you feel, I don't know, like they're the characters, that they're really embodying it. Yeah. I know, because I, like I said, I've never been to Disney. I've been to like Orlando um, and some of the other parks before, like MGM. And just like the detail on like the rides and stuff was, I thought was really next level. So there is a very small Star Wars spot in um, Disney World. They have like a walker. I think in AT&T. Yeah, I, th- I think... Um, so, I may have been on that one as a kid. I think they've got a version of... um. Uh, what's it called again? Star Tours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. And that was fun. Because... Uh, yeah. The last time I went, my marching band, they basically... We got, like... A, we were able to basically do, like, a marching band procession through all of uh, uh, Magic Kingdom in Disney World. And that oh, was wow. really cool. Because they literally took us behind scenes... And we got mm-hmm. to kind of see, like, Goofy with his mask off, smoking a cigarette, you know, like shit like that. And I was like, <laughs> this is cool. Yeah. And then, like, my uh, prof- one of my art professors, he used to work for Disney back in the day, like, during the 70s or 80s. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about how, like, it used to be the best company to work as, as an animator, as an artist. But he kind of saw it, like, solely fall apart into this, like, cold corporate Right. I mean, it was still corporate back then, but he there was a sense that they cared about their artists and all that stuff, and he gets very depressed talking about it. It's kind of sad. Huh. Yeah. Don't tell me anymore. Don't ruin the magic for yeah. me. <laughs> no, I won't. Yeah. I want to be able to see Toy Story 4 with a clear conscience. Pixar. Well, other than I that, guess there was yeah. that scandal with Pixar, but other than that, they're still pretty good. I don't want to hear about it. Oh, no, yeah. never mind. Yep, nothing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't ruin the magic, goddammit. The only thing I... I guess I'll I'll say with Pixar I I like the story that uh, apparently the whole second one I think it was the second one uh, was yeah. 
it would have never happened because like it, apparently just like they lost yeah. all of the footage but oh, one yeah, person yeah. like deleted right it got deleted and one person brought like a copy home beforehand to just show like their family or whatever and mm -hmm. then they come back to work and it's like it's gone it's gone it's all gone <laughs> and they're like oh my, wait i have a copy and then they were probably hailed as a, a king yeah a queen whatever that's crazy. Can you imagine? Not, nothing like that would ever happen nowadays. At least I hope not. Um, I, no, I think they were still, it was, I mean, again, like a, a fully animated studio, like computer graphics. Yeah. That's pretty, they were pretty at the forefront with that. It's not like, yeah, it's not like they had film to lose, I guess. It must have been like some sort of hard some, drive corruption or. Yeah, some probably comically small hard drive compared to today's Goddamn standards. Joe spilt his, spilt his, his uh, chocolate, hot chocolate on. One of the hard drive towers and see a Toy Story too. Oh God, is see he? ya. Oh, see ya. This makes me wonder, like, yeah. how does someone take a full length or like part of a major motion picture home with them? <laughs> I think it made it probably didn't have like the uh, glamorous sort of like after touches. Right. Like it didn't have the multiple layers. It might have been wireframe <laughs> for all I know. Yeah, but probably not the whole thing because again, storage back then wasn't. You couldn't just bring like a one terabyte hard drive. That would have been the size of like a cabinet. Yeah, of course. Also, I'm not gonna let you. No, I'm not gonna let oh. you get away with it, James. You said AT and T. For oh, the AT -T? walker. You said oh, AT and T. Well, <laughs> I just want to bring that up. Fuck. I, it out. I want to shame uh, you. Uh, shame. Ring the bell. Sorry. Give this man had a copy it. of the Star Wars Guide to Technology. Oh my god. I I will say I did have a. I think it was like a year or two ago. Where I just like, I think it was because you, Jake. We were just talking about Star Wars shit, and I just started binging like Star Wars Explained. Um, mm -hmm. I I feel like I probably just ran into your videos too, because I was just going mm -hmm. through like the recommended. You don't need to lie to me, James. You're not gonna hurt my feelings. No, I'm, <laughs> they were like, to be honest, all the channels started blur together for me, because I was like, oh, oh yeah. just Star Wars stuff, cool. And then like, I started looking at Warhammer stuff recently, and that shit's trippy. It's funny because yeah. with, with your channel, yeah, it was like. Star Wars, I'm like, oh, I love it, awesome. <laughs> and then Halo, I'm like, oh, better and better. And then, like, Warhammer is just, like, f falling over in my chair. It's like that, uh, <laughs> who's that? Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon, yeah, just like, oh, <laughs> passing out. <laughs> I picture that in my head immediately as you started that. Oh, I actually yeah. didn't know you did Warhammer. Uh, I, yeah. I've done maybe, like, six Warhammer videos, and they've all done phenomenal, but I just don't know very much about the universe. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you, because... When you're doing all these comparison videos, mm. there has to be a point when you're like, can you like calm down for a second, Warhammer? Because they sort yeah. of like just, they're going to sweep everything. Warhammer is like, and I'm not saying this to be, okay, so, it, it, like you guys are Warhammer fans, and I think you'd probably agree that it's, it's almost, it's a, like a wank fantasy in a way. Like, it's like how badass can we make these guys? <laughs> um, that's not necessarily a bad thing, I don't think, but it, it does make it difficult when I'm like, it's like, oh yeah, uh, by the way, space marines can sleep half an hour a day and have 12 hearts and um, can lift the earth. They can <laughs> like, taste memories. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, what the exactly. fuck? <laughs> Fantastic. Or like, or like I'll be talking about, I'll do some sort of comparison and someone will come in and they're like, actually, chapter three of this novel has a situation where one, warrant, where one space marine does this or one imperial guardsman does this. And I'm just like, bro, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm going to miss some of it. Yeah. And with comparisons like Star Wars, isn't there that one book that everyone rolls their eyes with? Because it was like, yes. I think it was one of those, what was it? Mm -hmm. It was like a graphic 
book. It was the it was, was like, the Revenge of the Sith the Incredible Cross section. It was like this laser is like four hundred like trillion gigatons <laughs> for like one <laughs> shot, and everyone starts like freaking yeah. out. They're like, wait, wait a second, what is it? No, what does this mean? Yeah, so that that was written by a man named Curtis Saxton, I think. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was him that wrote it. And he had a site which was basically dedicated to like why Star Wars is better than Star Trek. And I kind of want to talk about this in a second because this is why I've more or less stopped doing comparisons. But um, so they basically got this guy who's like really obviously thinks the importance of a universe's power is really high and um, is also... So Star Wars has very clear on-screen feats, but there's been so many books and so many guides and whatever over the 40 years plus that there's been some form of an expanded universe that you can find it's like you can make the data say whatever you want it to say um so in this book he says that like star destroyers have a have a range in the light minutes so like basically they can shoot ships from like tens of thousands of kilometers away and that Mm -hmm. they've got you know crazy high yields and stuff and then you read something like the x-wing novels which are some of my favorite it's like, yeah, the ship was shooting at another one from two kilometers away. Um, so everyone kind of sees his stuff, and everyone knows that the um, incredible cross-sections is a thing and kind of just ignores it. And, you know, I think, like, each each universe, each canon for every you know, different franchise, mm-hmm. I think it's fun to compare them, no doubt. I agree. Yeah. But there's, like, with some of the big ones, you have, like, a hierarchy, and you're really not going to deviate for the most part. Right. That's, like, that's 100% true. You're going to have... Mass Effect is going to typically be on the bottom. Yep. The the scope of it, like it, you know, when you're playing the game, it's obviously fantastical and all this. But totally. When you compare it to some other things and other, you know, it gets swept away. It's like, oh, what? You have mass drivers? That's it? Right. Ha, ha ha! I'm Halo, and I have a one kilometer long ship. Exactly. And I think even there, there's been some figures with like Mac guns that may or may not be mm-hmm. accurate. I've heard. I've looked at it, and they always change. Yeah. Someone always has a different figure for how 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 fast this tungsten is going. Yeah, exactly. And part of the problem, too, is people get really involved in their universe being the most powerful when, like, how powerful the technology in the universe is has literally nothing to do with the quality of the universe itself. So, yes, Mass Effect has a lower level of technology when you talk about, like, the Systems Alliance versus the UNSC. That doesn't mean the faction is any less cool or any less interesting. Um, so the problem is when I started doing these comparisons, I have people who just get like, like sometimes people don't like my stuff and that's hundred percent cool, but people get so, so, so angry if I fuck up like something in their comparison, it just got to the point to me where like people are sending me hate emails, even though like when you watch the videos, they've got mostly positive reception. Um, I, I'd say they all have quite positive reception. Some of them aren't as good. Some of them are pretty good, whatever. But then, like, people will be sending me for like forum posts, people are just like ripping on it, hmm. and like I'm just like people are way too involved in this really pointless, like childish shit, um, and it's like can't be bothered anymore. You can only say like it's my opinion so many times, right? And even if right. you have like the major, that's it's so hard to kind of, I guess, keep in a positive mindset because even though mm. you'll have 99% of people praising it. You kind of like scan over that, and then the second you get one like negative thing, you it's like fixating on it, like ah, oh, totally. Look at this guy. I mean, another one of the problems too is the universes are contradictory. Like I just mentioned the Star Wars example, but Halo, um, the Halo Reach, uh, what is it? I did a video on this the other day. The, the Halo Reach um, 
data. I forget what the collectible thing is in Halo Reach, but basically it talks about how it would take the Covenant years to glass a single planet entirely, so instead they just huh. do it in a specific way. Um, so that puts the Covenant energy production relatively low compared to something like Star Wars. Um, but then you go to Star Wars and like one of the Thrawn books will have them bombarding a planet and it does this much damage. And then you go to Legacy of the Force and it's doing this much damage. So not only are the universes completely in a different style, Halo's military sci-fi, Star Wars is essentially fantasy, something like Warhammer's fantasy. Um, not only are they in a different style, but they contradict themselves, they use technology differently. So when I was still doing them, and I still do do them occasionally, what I'll focus on mostly is um, like design flaws. So like mm. in-universe, the Star Destroyer is design flawed from, has design flaws like this. The uh, UNSC, whatever, has design flaws like this. Because if you're just going to get in a pissing match, it's just it's just that. It's just a pissing match, and it's not productive <laughs> or fun. At least for me. A lot of people really enjoy it, but I'm over it. I mean, that's why I don't really watch any sort of... Personally, I'm not a fan of the mm -hmm. like SCP versus SCP. Because then it's just yeah. like... Like, especially with 682, they keep adding files and they keep ramping it up. And for me, I just sort of get, like, disillusioned right. with the whole thing. And it has no effect on me at, after a certain point. Um, it, I mean, SCP is not even supposed to have an internal lore. So, like... The official or, canon is that there is no mm -hmm. canon. Exactly. Yeah. So, it gets a little is it 682, weird. 682, is it the alligator? Yeah, yes. it's like the, uh, the undying lizard thing. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's fun, but... People get way too hung up on it, in my opinion. And I, I was probably like that when I was, like, a more angsty teenager or whatever. But, like, I'm 27, and I just... Not that I'm super mature, because, I mean, I talk about a children's... Essentially a children's fantasy series with space wizards. Um, but you know what I mean. Do you know any, um... Fuck. Have you ever been to, like, those uh, Jedi Force churches? No, we don't have any in Canada. I don't think... Um, Isn't it like an Australian thing mainly? I believe so. Yeah, yeah. and I think, I, I think it was mostly like a meant. I, I don't know if it's actual. Tr I don't know if they have actual physical locations. I always read it as like a basically an atheist thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, kind of another you know, Church of the Spaghetti Monster sort of thing. Yeah. Or like Iceland and their Norse gods again, like having mm. Norse churches and stuff like that. Yeah. Exactly. I think in order to convert you have to have done that thing where like it's an automatically opening door and you just wave your hand once oh really you just wave your hand yeah everyone's done it you know door uh, automatically yeah. opens and you just yeah yep. i did that today <laughs> you've done that on purpose you're, but you're converted there you go yeah it's perfect that's great i don't know i think the jedi have some good ideas but i don't know i think this is one of those things i'll say that they they suck Jedi suck. Uh, I'll say <laughs> that Sith suck, suck also. Too. They're supposed to. The same way yeah. that the three like laws of robotics in Asimov's like writings mm -hmm. suck. They're really bad because they're designed to like make conflict. It's a literary device. It's right. supposed to make something interesting. You can use that. They're they're contradictory for a reason. The the Jedi it's too restrictive, mm -hmm. which exactly. allows for interesting characters to kind of like come to terms with that they either fall from grace. And then they, you know, they fall like, oh, we have to passionate. You got to be Sith now. Why right. can't you be in, in the middle? And I think, you know, people, they're oh, great yeah. Jedi's and that. But then they also tell you like, uh, oh, the, in order to be like the strongest with the Force, the light side. Light side is the best way to utilize the Force, no matter what. Mm -hmm. So it's like, 
Uh, is the entire universe kind of set that way? Maybe. Well, yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, it's fine. I was just saying, Revenge of the Sith is kind of one of those movies... Yeah, I'm not one of those people that thinks Revenge of the Sith is the best Star Wars movie, which like a lot of people, I think, fairly think that, especially as the prequel... People who grew up on prequels are getting older and more active and vocal online. It'll probably be the same thing when the uh, sequel... Like, the people who grew up on the sequels um, are online, but Revenge of the Sith is one of those movies that has a lot more nuance when you watch it as an adult. Like, when you realize that... Um, that Palpatine and Mace Windu both say the same line. Uh, he's too dangerous to be kept alive. Um, kind of representing the fact that like the Jedi have become like... Well, the, I, I see the whole movie as like the Jedi being too tied down to their doctrine and their dogma. Um, like and All Anakin really needs is someone to talk about like the fact that he's scared he's going to lose someone he loves. And the whole original trilogy with like Luke and Vader is about how um, you know love is redeeming and stuff and love is like a very natural human emotion but the prequels are like yeah, you gotta ignore that shit lock that down yeah the Jedi are just a bunch of police uh, yeah. from this for this corrupt government I'm, I'm a CIS sympathizer I'm proud of it <laughs> I will uh, fair enough I will I will go down with the CIS they uh but yeah it, it's it's just it's restrictive what the Jedi have, and yeah. they were corrupt for I don't know thousands of years or something. The numbers in Star Wars are insane, and yeah. Uh, I was just curious if he pulled a lot of like the Jedi stuff from like warrior monks in Japan. He a hundred percent was inspired yeah. by certain things uh, like that. I believe samurais were. Uh, we we know pretty mm -hmm. well that that's definitely a big inspiration. Samurai fights and just kind of like honor everything like that. He pulled from, I think, some religious stuff, too. Yeah, he, Star Wars has a lot of religious and political roots. Um, yeah, it's, it's there everywhere, really. Uh, I, I don't know a lot about where he got the idea of a Jedi from, but I know that a lot of people were confused based on, after watching the original trilogy and seeing the prequels, I think most people imagine the Jedi as being someone like a more of a wandering monk going and solving disputes and whatever else. Mm -hmm. um, because I mean when you watch like Luke's ultimate move basically in Return of the Jedi is is not fighting that's like you know basically the most powerful and most important thing he does when he throws away his lightsaber and doesn't kill his father and doesn't fight the Emperor that's like his ultimate move mm -hmm. so then I think some people were pretty surprised when you know Yoda's doing backflips and commanding <laughs> troops and shit yeah uh, Definitely, yeah. That's interesting. And then fast point. forward, and it's like, I must kill this child. He scares me, says Luke. But yeah, I got yeah. no problem with that, but. <laughs> okay, yeah. There's there's a lot to go. Okay, I'll say that, like, the sequels, definitely divisive mm -hmm. for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. I try to look at them from more of just a film perspective, looking at it as the art, all the process that went behind it. Right. And when I do that, I can say that uh, Last Jedi gets a little. It gets a bit sad, kind of like. Do you watch Game of Thrones at all? Uh, I read the books and I I watched up to the point where the books ended. Okay. Spoilers. Yeah. That's well, good. I'm not gonna. I'm, go... I've been on the internet. Don't worry. I've been <laughs> on the internet. Yeah, I'm not gonna. I go... know everything that happens. <laughs> okay. I'm not gonna go into the spoilers, but it, it's similar. Where like you can think whatever you want of how they ended mm -hmm. Game of Thrones, mm -hmm. but what I think you can objectively dislike is the 
actual backroom kind of talks that were going on. Their decisions mm -hmm. to intentionally, they did not want to extend the show longer than it could have. It needed right. more time. They didn't feel yeah. like it needed it. They were very, they were divas. I mean, you could look at it everywhere. That's what it is. And it shows. I mean, they, they said they're, they're hiding from the internet. You don't hide mm -hmm. from the internet if you really stand up for what you did. No, they, they knew right. what they were doing. They would just wanted it over with. And now, now, now you get to deal with them. Yeah, Star Wars. Yeah. yeah. Well, it became <laughs> about a... like just subverting expectations constantly without any rhyme or reason, basically. I, I mean, yeah. that's kind of what happened, I guess, with Game of Thrones in some ways. And you can draw parallels to Last Jedi. But for me, mm -hmm. it's more of like, if I just have to look at the facts of it, right? We have, we know that J.J. Um, Abrams, when he made, uh, you know, the, his, his movie, I'm, how am I forgetting the name? Forgive me. Force, Force, Force Awakens. Awakens. When he made that, he did not actually have any plan moving forward. Like, that movie was that movie alone. There was, maybe he had some headcanon, but somehow there was no, like, continuity director. There was no, like, creative director. There was no one who was yeah. actually passing that on to Ryan Johnson. So he's kind of in this situation where he's like, wait, I don't have anything to work with. So then he looks at, uh, what, what, what do you look at? You look at the reviews for the movie, and there's certain complaints that I feel like people had in the first movie, and it feels like he kind of did, like, he kind of dealt with them in the second one so to speak mm -hmm. like oh phasma wasn't interesting enough well um right oh snoke you want to know who he is <laughs> and i know there's people who definitely they say like oh this is good it's refreshing we're taking it in a different direction it, i look at it from just what what happened and maybe there was more that could have been done if there was some general continuity some actual like right big cohesive plan it kind of feels it just feels mismanaged which is unfortunate yeah no I, okay so I'll give a bit of context because I've got, honestly, like, you know, this has been my life for the past year. Um, like, I've seen every fucking argument, good, bad. Yours is good. Uh, I, I've seen some that are just terrible. I'm definitely not the, like, this movie sucks. Uh, bombs shouldn't <laughs> fall in space. I'm, I'm not going to. The people who say bombs shouldn't fall in space, I immediately oh, know, you're, okay, you're not, you're not really arguing. Okay, f for one, like... If a bomb falls in atmosphere and there's clearly atmosphere inside the ship and there's gravity, if it falls in atmosphere and then it goes into a vacuum, it's going to continue falling. Regardless, though, uh, like when I when I came out of the Last Jedi, I was I, I put out a very 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 negative review of the movie, incredibly negative. Um, and it was well, there was still some positivity at that point. Um, and then I, I've started to soft, like soften on it. There's still parts. What you said about there being a grand cohesive vision, I agree 100%. They should have had JJ do all three. Um, they should have better. And it's kind of funny because the original trilogy was done like the sequel trilogy. Yeah. Essentially, George put together three with, with the help of some very talented people, put together three movies, basically made up the story as he went along. And there's, you know, so much evidence for that. Um, even if you don't look into the out-of-universe stuff. But, you know, if you read the... So I'm really into how movies are made, especially how Star Wars movies are made out of universe. And if you read the... Um, the What's it called? The Art of the Force Awakens. You get a lot of ideas of how George was picture, picturing the sequel trilogy because he actually did have a working idea of the sequel trilogy. Mm-hmm. And it is interesting the way that they've stuck to a lot of it. And I wouldn't be surprised 
so there's this guy on YouTube. His name is Wayward Jedi. He he's not on it anymore, but I, I hated episode eight. And then he he did this basically two hour long breakdown um, of all the themes and stuff that are. And this is almost like an appeal to authority, but he just made me appreciate the movie so much more. Um, and then he basically explained how it was going to end, and then the trailer came out and confirmed all of what he said. Hmm. But um, I don't know. I, I think it's going to be one of those movies that, in like, or one of these things in like ten years, when someone puts out a tell-all book, will either know that it was a complete shit show, or that they were working off something a little bit more. Maybe George Lucas had a bit more involvement um, than we know. I don't know. It's. I just gotta say, it's been exhausting having to be a part of the fandom. With this issue being so divisive and Twitter and stuff being so the beast it is. Definitely. It's, uh, man, I mean, it's just for certain franchises, it is a hard time to be a fan. Yeah. For like Halo, I, yeah. again, that one, there's some hope with Infinite, some feel. I'm still a little hurt, so I'm not, yeah. I'm not falling into the hype train right away. I'm definitely looking forward to seeing what they're going to do with it, but. I think there's been a few, one too many blunders for me to immediately be like, I'm throwing my hat in, I support them fully. I'm, I'm just going to uh, wait on the product. Mass Effect, Andromeda, mm. unfortunately, meant that new Mass Effects weren't monetarily viable, and that's just how EA works. So I don't think we're going to see Mass Effect continue, yeah. unfortunately. Uh, people say that that's kind of, it was kind of, it had to fail because <laughs> of like uh, the third one. They say it was yeah. too broad, the impact of the ending, to have like anything yeah, I, I can, happen afterwards. That. And to have anything happen before is kind of... There's so much yeah. lore available that, you know, it, it, may, it may not be particularly interesting. So I think they did the best they could. And, you know, it's sad that that fell. Star Wars yeah, again. It's really sad. I think Star Wars has the best... I guess there's more hope in there because you have... There's some negative, but there's also some positive. Mm -hmm. You have... The negatives which i'll say for some is again the sequels mm -hmm. um i'll say that i can confidently say that the video games are a strong negative uh i i don't know if you're allowed to talk badly about ea but uh um, yeah i can say whatever <laughs> i want oh perfect uh them holding on to the license i think is so detrimental because you look at the years before that they had like owned it you see how many games were coming out such a huge quantity of games good or bad there were still just tons of games I'm going to challenge you on that a little bit. A bit. Not not from the EA thing, but if you look at... Okay, so in the early 2000s, yes, but Lucasfilm, Lucas Games as a company, and this doesn't excuse anything, Lucas Games hadn't put out... Lucas... Uh, EA, sorry. What did they call themselves again? Um, it was... Uh, look at, Lucas Lucas Arts. Arts sorry. Lucas Why did Arts, I forget yeah. that? Like, they hadn't put out a single-player game since The Force Unleashed 2, and if you look at the years prior to the Disney buyout, there's articles about how uh, LucasArts is basically in the toilet. But, sorry, I, I shouldn't have corrected you because I, I knew what you meant, but... No, it, it's fair, and I, I definitely agree. There's, like, it's weird. I just feel like having it owned by one person is just not good for 100% agree. Because yeah. let everyone take a crack at it. Warhammer, they don't give a crap. They give it to everyone. And there's games that flunk, and then there's games that rock. They work well with it. Halo would never be like that. It's, it's a gaming franchise. That's it. Yeah. But for Star Wars, I think it belongs. I mean, in the way that Disney is now letting like different creators of different you know backgrounds start making their own like franchises. Look, we're getting a Mandalorian mm -hmm. TV show. That's awesome. Mm, yeah. We're getting cool. tons of interesting content. I like that. There's going to be like side stuff, not just these main movies. I like I that. 
the game shouldn't be any different. We shouldn't be restricted to Battlefront and Battlefront 2. No, I, I agree 100%. Because um, unlike movies, where I feel like if, if you put out four movies a year, there's going to be burnout. Um, or if not burnout, you're not going to be able to appeal to the same amount of... Like, people aren't going to see every single Star Wars movie. At least the general crowd won't be. But with video games, there are so many different niches and so many different um, avenues you can go. So many different types of games you can make. I don't I don't understand either giving it to one company. Even one that is as... You know, EA has many different studios under its uh, yoke. But, like, still, why not, like, have it be merit-based or... Like, who wouldn't do a Star Wars game if they had the opportunity? Yeah. And there's so much you can do in it. I mean, here's an easy formula to make any Star Wars fan super hyped. Mm -hmm. Make something from Legends new canon. Like, confirm it. And yeah. then everyone's, like, screaming and cheering. Like, oh, Revan, Revan. Everyone's yeah. happy with it. They love it. I will say, yeah. I will say, I think... So, I get to talk to the Battlefront 2 devs a lot. Um, and just, like, a lot of the people working on Star Wars stuff at EA. And although this doesn't make the situation better, per se, from, like, a structural standpoint, they've acknowledged, like, that they kind of fucked up with, like the amount of games and like i know that the battlefield uh like the guys over at dice sorry battlefront like they felt a lot of pressure when they were making their game and like you see that in battlefront 2 like that game probably shouldn't have had a space mode for example but because they felt like no other star wars games are coming out and we've got to appease every fan who's not getting anything we need to have a space mode we need to have all these different things um and it ultimately takes away from like the time they can spend just making a really really good um you know whatever and and yeah, so, but I, I do think, and this isn't me saying, like, any trade secrets or anything, I do think that we'll be happier this time next year. Yeah, mm -hmm. I will I will never bash the people who make these games. Because I, I think there's so much that comes into it. The same with the films. I think everyone who worked on all the sequels, whatever, everything, everything mm -hmm. Star Wars related, everything just in general, these are all great people who are very passionate about their jobs. Right. A lot of these decisions, unfortunately, certain big changes, they, they happen far above from a detached yeah. kind of hand-making market choices. And I think EA is well known for this. You see mm. it with a lot of their franchises. It's essentially, here's our successful thing. Hey, look, we can do this and make money. Let's try to do that, but with Mass Effect. Or let's try yeah. to do that with Star Wars. So they try to keep a model that is profitable and also retain it and it, it's difficult you know because you look at both battlefront games and i don't think there's a single game out there in star wars that has captured like the feeling of being in star wars mm -hmm. as, as good i mean the audio is perfect the visual maybe, maybe nice old republic but yeah hmm i said maybe nice old, old republic but yeah i would agree they oh, yeah. you feel like you're in the game it's just in terms um, of like the amount of detail you can tell that they like poured totally. everything into it um, and th those guys work really hard, and I will say, Battlefront 2, like, the amount of free updates that have been added to that game, um, like, if you haven't tried it, like, I've seen a lot of articles, and I know that, like, they're making a push to, like, see it treated as almost like a new game, but, like, the amount of free updates that they have and that they've planned is really unreal, but, like, there's only so much you can re do to recover from such a, like, fucked up launch, you know? Yeah. I will say, though... <sighs> I, like, okay, so, regarding, like, what you talked about, franchises going in poor directions, I'll get over Mass Effect, because, for one, you know, Andromeda was in a different galaxy, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
I'll get over. I, I think Star Wars is fine. I, I have a lot of issues with the sequel trilogy too, um, but I, I do think Episode Nine will close it out well. And there's still so much of the universe to explore. But for Halo, I don't think I'll ever be interested in another Halo single-player storyline. Like I'll play the campaigns, but like four and five just messed it up so badly for me. I don't think I'll ever be really. It's another one of those things where you know you have a bigger company that is kind of crunching on the the little guy, the developers. Mm -hmm. With four, I was somewhat optimistically hopeful with it because I'm like, oh, interesting. They're really doing more book related stuff because I had read the mm -hmm. Forerunner trilogy, and it, yeah, it's yep. really nitty gritty with this Forerunner stuff. Yep. And Halo Four refers to a bunch of it. Yep. Too much, maybe. Too <laughs> much. I would say too much because it's hard to follow if you haven't read it. And even if you have, it's like, uh, Ancilla. Totally. Oh, yes, Ancilla. Uh, Gene Seed. Yeah. Yes, okay. Like, all this <laughs> stuff. It's trying to remember these terms. Um, the gameplay is where people, I think, complain most about it. Because they're like, this doesn't feel like a Halo game. It feels like Call of Duty. Mm -hmm. But, I, again, I'm, I've always been a big story guy with them. I love the multiplayer for 3 and just all, Halo 2, 3. These games, amazing multiplayer. But it's always been the story that I, yeah. I, it just, I don't know, it, it's, it, it feels like an epic. It feels like a big drama. Yeah. The stakes are real. But, it's, it's really dark. It's darker than most people kind of give totally. it credit for. Bungie, I think, did tone incredibly well with Halo. Like when you step on the arc in Halo 3, you feel like you're in some ancient, old thing at the edge of the galaxy like that you shouldn't be on. Or like when you step on the ring for the first time, it feels like you're stepping into an old pulpy science fiction novel. Um, and like the forerunner, like I remember me and my buddies, like when we'd have sleepovers back in the day, and like we'd talk, we'd stay up late talking about Halo, you know, we'd talk about like what we thought the forerunners were like. And obviously you, you gotta, you can't have just mystery for so long, but the way they kind of constructed their universe to have the best elements of like military science fiction. Um, I don't know what genre you'd call the the Forerunner stuff, but the way they put all of that together, like, I still remember reading the Terminals in Halo 3, and it was more engaging than, like, any of the Terminals that we got moving forward. Yeah. Um, and then, to me, like, the thing that hurts me most about Halo 4 and 5 is the way they've treated the Forerunners, because they've, they've removed all mystery, and they've removed kind of the aesthetic, and... It's, it's yeah. out in the open, and, you know, it's one of those things where I, I feel like there's parallels to Star Wars 2. Where the, Halo Four, it's treading in to new ground. It's it's a new. It's got a lot to live up to, and yep. it isn't received super well. So yep. when they look at it, they're trying to figure out how they can kind of like remedy it. I think they should have stuck with like the Forerunner path that they were going. Do more stuff with the Didact and the Forerunners. If you're gonna stick with it, see it to completion. Well, better than what they went with. Well, certainly. yes, definitely do it better. But I I want to see them expand the story. It just was, they kind of like wiped it over, and then we're like, totally. we're restarting with Halo 5. And Yeah, I mean, they killed Didak oh, off screen, right? They killed him <laughs> in, a, in a comic. In a uh, comic, yeah. Because he survived, but he died in a comic, mm -hmm. so he might as well have just died there. Yeah. And then, I mean, man, Halo 5, it was, there, yeah, that's, that actually, bad. that one breaks my heart the most. That one kills me, because I was following the Hunt the Truth uh, stuff. Yeah, me too. The, I was pretty hyped oh, for that. It was so, because... It felt like they were actually taking Halo in an interesting direction. They're now yeah. going to be... There's going to be human drama, human conflict. Mm -hmm. Finally, we get to see that Oni are pieces of shit. That they've been poisoning, like, Sangelios. Yeah. They've been... They're sick. They're like Cerberus, in a way. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, good, good, good analogy. So it's you get to have this kind of human drama to it, and then they just Microsoft. This is this is what it was. They, I think it, it got out somehow, but they they were like, we don't think people are going to be too engaged fighting other humans. We need to keep it aliens. Right. We need to keep it sci-fi. You know, this is a little too nitty gritty for us. So they had this interesting path that they were going on. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of had to be like, uh, okay, let's do more Guardians then. And then let's do uh, Cortana. And that's kind of... Yes. Yeah. That's just... Yeah. Ugh. One thing that bothers me too is it felt like there was a lot that was changed just for the sake of changing. Everyone talks about the art style, but like... And it is kind of a meme at this point, but like... The fact that like they just went out of their... Like Halo is partially like so well loved because it does have a very defined style master chief looks how he looks the grunts look how they look the elites look how they look and then halo 4 like on top of having a story that's like very very different from any other halo game they also made it so everything like they reject the old art style they reject the style of music although i I can't fully blame them for that um, different composer there's only so much you can do you cannot live up to uh marty o'donnell you cannot you can't and then he was done dirty by Destiny too. Bungie, right. they screwed him. There's something going on behind the scenes, 100%. With what happened with uh, Destiny 2? Either way. What uh, Marty was let go. I don't remember what the reason was. He, but... That's the thing. Like Bungie had changed after they left Halo. It's so weird. I find it so contradictory and strange that they were like, we're moving away from Halo because we've always been independent at heart. And then immediately fuses to Activision Blizzard. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> What was that about? And then you have more of like, you have people who have remained behind, you know, that are in 343. And then the people who are left, they've been dropping and like leaving. And it's just, it's changed. Yeah. And now, now they're owned by like a Chinese company. And God knows what that means for Bungie. It just means more free Destiny, maybe? Free Destiny, yeah. Asian focused shooters. Well, the thing about Marty, too, that like people don't talk about is he like did a lot more than just sound design and music. Like he, had ideas about story uh like he was with halo since the very beginning so he knew the universe as well as anybody else probably um and if you ever read like behind the scenes stuff it talked about marty's contributions like how things should work so i I feel like there there's something going on because marty and bungie like i always figured would be inseparable but it's bungie stopped being bungie it changed and he's he's moved on to greener pastures. He's working on I think he has his own studio now. I think yep. it's called a uh, Tightwire or something. Mm-hmm. Kind of a little, you know, uh, not a nod at Bungie so much as like a jab. That's really funny because speaking of Tightwires, Ben Burt, who was the um, the sound designer for the original Star Wars movies, he made like all of the the famous sounds of the blaster, the lightsaber, the droids. Um, what have you, and I say it's a funny connection because the the sound for a blaster comes from him. Basically, there was like a, I think it was a, a like basically a, a wire outside of his house um, or somewhere near the studio that he basically made vibrate and made the blaster sound. But uh, he's had nothing to do with the sequel trilogy, and no one knows why, really. Um, and the sequel trilogy's had really good sound design, but... And then now he's he's involved with um, the new Star Wars game, so it's it's weird how like all of these kind of well, who we see from the outside as foundational figures to whatever universe kind of are sometimes just dumped away. 
I feel like just certain parts of like a craft can be kind of neglected or not seen as like as important as others. Mm-hmm. Like some people neglect writing somehow. They <laughs> don't see the importance in it. Astonishing. Um, sound, again, it's super, you know, it sets the tone so much. Everything yeah. has to come together to make a, a nice clean package. It's uh, totally. it's just wild that you'd like drop someone. I mean, my TV sound designer professor I had last year had so many stories of him or colleagues working on films or shows having to fight producers to, like, let them get the funding to do a decent job. And he was saying even with the Star Wars films, they were, like, not really giving the sound design team the resources and time they really needed. And he was saying he definitely, as a like, expert, noticed that it wasn't mixed that well. There were definitely some clear issues that maybe, you know, normal people might not realize, but for him it was like, damn, this is like a blockbuster film and they're still kind of dicking over (laughs) the sound team. Like, what is going on? Yeah. I mean, A New Hope especially is like, it seems like it was assembled by George's wife in George's basement. (laughs) But yeah. People, I mean, I think there's a strong claim that people have made that she like saved the movie. That it was totally. saved in the edit. Like, you, you kind of see what he was doing and it was like, uh hmm. Some yeah. of it just I does mean, not hit. George was surrounded by phenomenal talent, like, across his wife, Marsha, his, uh, you know, John Williams. Like, imagine hmm. Star Wars without music. Have you ever watched any of the, the trailers for Star Wars before the score was finalized? They're pretty friggin' weird. Oh, I haven't, um, yeah. That'd be cool. No one Homer. really did like classical music, I guess, to it. It kind of like harkened back to old sci-fi. Yeah. Another thing I will say, um, kind of tying to what you said previously about Halo, how they kind of like abandoned their art style. I think you have another parallel that you can kind of draw between Star Wars in that. So they didn't have like, I'd say, what would you call it? Like a, a touchstone. There wasn't something that you could like be like, yes, this is Halo. 100%. Of course, there's the Master Chief there and that, but it, it feels so distinctly different. There's some, it's it's not a lot of the the stuff that you know and love. It's it's different. Yeah, um, I agree. And Star Wars, one of the things that has bugged me the most, hands down, I think might be the most like annoying thing with the sequels, is I mm-hmm. think there is a criminal lack of uh, pre like existing species. Uh, yeah. There's mm-hmm. so many new species that they've crammed in there. I just want to see like a Nemoidian chilling around. I want to see an Ithorian that doesn't have like yeah. a mouth in front of its face, or uh, like yeah, it, they, they just. It felt like they had to make new. Like, mm-hmm. you, just give me some of the old. Let me make it. I want to. I want to know that yes, this is 100% Star Wars. Just seeing like these you know races that I know and love existing in like the the Mandalorian like trailers or whatever it, yeah, that gets me more uh, excited Solo had a lot of them yeah had a bunch it's it's exciting yeah that was I, I find that pretty bizarre too especially where they did the whole canto bite thing in episode eight like that's like a perfect opportunity to throw like a hut into a casino and throw like it was basically a menagerie of species like like throw a twi'lek in there or like you know anything yeah, right anything yeah yeah that that is that is a, I, I found that to be pretty off-putting well and i complained about that in my review for the movie (laughs) moving on i have a question sure (laughs) how did you become go from law school to youtube um so 
I graduated law school in 2016, and then I moved to Toronto. Um, go Raptors. <laughs> moved to Toronto in 27, or yeah, the end of, I guess, right after graduating, May 2016. Hmm. And I had an amazing job there. I was basically working for the government. Um, the, probably the best job that I could have had in my field, which was administrative law, which is basically how tribunals and stuff work. Hmm. But we didn't like Toronto. Well, so I was with my fiance at the time. When we moved there, she was my girlfriend. But we were living there, and we really liked the city, but we always knew we, we wanted a house. We wanted kids. We wanted all of those things. And we kind of wanted to be close to our family, too. I live on the East Coast. So we decided I'd be there for a year. And then when my contract was up, even though they were going to reoffer, we would decline it and move back home. Um, so my fiance is a nurse. Um, and I guess it was February of 2017. So I was like almost done my, or no, it was December of 2016. Uh, halfway done my, my first year. She's like, I've got to move back to Halifax because there are no nursing jobs here, which is surprising given it's, you know, one of the biggest cities in North America. Yeah. There are no really good nursing jobs here. And she got an offer from the local children's hospital and she's a pediatric nurse. So it was perfect. So hmm. it was like January of 2017. She moves back home. I'm in Toronto in my little apartment. I've only been there for a few months. I don't know many people. I've got all this time. Um, so when I came home from work, I would just start making YouTube videos. Hmm. And eventually it got to the point where it was sort of, I was starting to make enough money. I, I remember the steps. It started off where like, okay, I'm making enough money that I can get lunch a couple extra times a week. Okay, I'm making enough money where like it would be a minimum wage job. And then by July of 2017, I got really lucky. It was only like five or six months after I started. Um, I was like, okay, I'm making enough money where this can be my job if I wanted to. So I had this excuse because I was quitting uh, my job and moving back home. We had just bought a house in Halifax. Uh, I was like, I'm going to try this for a couple of months. And Kelsey was down. Uh, let's do it for a couple of months. Let's see how it goes. And thankfully that summer was, you know, a really great summer for me, like view wise and channel growth wise. Um, so we just decided I would stick at it for a bit. And I guess here I am just over, I guess I'm two years, two years old on YouTube now. Damn. A little over two years old. Well, hopefully we're a half a million two years. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't think that's happening. I would be surprised if you guys weren't. <laughs> I don't know. I We've been actually, slowing down these past few months, actually. I think Just need one one big hit. I I wish. I mean, we we had like a a big viral one, which was unexpected. Mm -hmm. It's like how many? It's two, two, two and a half million. Now? Is that the staircase one? No, it's, it's uh, the painting. Painting. Yeah. Uh, okay. The staircase isn't that big. That's got like a hundred k. Yeah. I really like. The, I like that one in the coffee machine one a lot. The infamous coffee OGs. machine. Infamous coffee yeah. machine. That was a nightmare shoot. Uh, oh, that man. was a little, a little tricky. That one took and three months to make. I, I yeah. believe you guys can do it though. YouTube's a weird thing. Like, well, I'm hoping Red Reality is the comeback kid. So, which will be out by the time this is out. So we'll see. Oh, yeah. go watch it. July first, it, guys. It's a, uh, it's a movie. Feature Basically, length, over an hour. Really? Yeah. It's yeah. Wow. So See that you know, there's the opportunity for that to do really well on YouTube, and I did say all in, all you need is one big video, and no one big video will not get you to 500k subs. But for me, like success on YouTube is like once you get a couple evergreen videos, once you get a couple like 
views coming in steady. I remember I hit 100,000 subs in December, and then like January I hit 200,000. Just like Holy crap. you have really crazy uh, growth spurts on YouTube. Um, whenever the topic that you're doing is hot, or you know, you get a it's, it's honestly like you get two big videos like in a row, and then like everything you put out after that for a couple months will be gold. Like I remember December of a couple of years ago when I was when my channel was doing really well. It's like every single video I could have like taken a video of myself like shitting in a bucket <laughs> and it probably would have had a hundred thousand views because like y when the YouTube algorithm likes you like it's crazy what it will do for your channel. The uh, um, specs on my shit detected the uh, next plotline in uh, Star Wars Episode Eight, just shit like that, you know. Yeah, exactly. God, <laughs> stuff like that. <laughs> um, but but yeah, you, like you'll it it takes a it takes a break. YouTube, like anyone who tells you YouTube isn't a lot of work is is lying. But there's also always an element of luck to it. Yeah. Um. But you, like you guys are on the right path because you're doing something that there's an interest in and that's not really being done otherwise, mm -hmm. which is key. But the big, the big moment for me in channel growth was when I could afford to go full time, because yeah. then you get to basically up the quality and quantity of your work. Like it's hard when you're starting out and you're, you know, like when I started my YouTube channel, I was competing against Star Wars Explained and all these channels who were doing it full time. Yeah, I didn't even have a proper microphone. Damn. I mean, for us, we also have the element of, like, live action is expensive. Yes. So. Yeah, that's, yeah, it, it, that's really tough, too. I mean, for, for us, we're trying to just do it more so as this is a thing that can fund all of our creative endeavors, and then we'll yeah. make money doing film videography and whatever. Mm -hmm. so. Well, you never know. Like, I always figured my channel would just be something I would do. Until I moved back home. Like, something I would do while I had no friends in Toronto. Yeah. Yeah. I will say, I went to Toronto last summer, and I was extremely disappointed. In Toronto, you said? Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I was there uh, last summer for, like, a couple oh, weeks. Where did you stay? Uh, my friend. She lives in, like, the same neighborhood that, like, Usher lives in. Wherever that is. I'm not sure if you know where that is. Usher has a house in Toronto? Yeah, he does. It's not in the city. It's, like, right next to... The, it's, like, in the outer skirts of... It's near, um... Supposedly there's like an Asian area that's like north of Toronto. Is it north? Huh. Or it's like very close. I, I'm not sure if it counts if it's in Toronto or it's like on the border of Toronto. Right. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So when I lived in Toronto, I lived like right. I guess what it's not. You would call it downtown, but it's like Toronto's a very integrated city. Like there's commercial and resident. Like some people just don't like it. I mean. I think it's a phenomenal city to live in, but you know, if you if you had a bad experience, you had a you had a bad experience, you know. Well, it, I just, think it was just the matter of you didn't really do much there. There was we didn't there. Well, I had a day where I was just like, because I mainly went there just to see my friends because they're yeah. like Discord mm -hmm. buddies I met over a year ago. She actually, oh, second, her actual apartment that she normally stays at actually is um, where Tiff is, where they hold the film oh, festival, yeah, yeah, like yeah. that yep. whole section. But anyway, King Street, I think. Yeah. I think the big issue is I grew up visiting and experiencing New York City. So I'm like, oh, I'm going to go into like, I know it's not as big as New York City, but I was like, oh, I'm going to the New York City of like Canada. So I'm sure there's going to be a lot of really cool stuff there. And then I kind of spent the day and I'm like, huh, there's not a lot to do. And it was a lot sketchier than like New York City, which was like, really? Huh. Oh, I found the exact opposite. Yeah. I, I <laughs> yeah. went to some areas that were like, this is pretty, uh, 
don't know. I feel like I'm in some pretty yeah. sketch areas. So, like, your problem was probably that you weren't, like, in the core or, like, in the actual city. Like, Toronto is, like, has a... a Toronto is a much larger... Well, Toronto is a very large city and area. Like, it goes mm. on forever. Like, you can drive for hours. It, it's like L.A. I don't know oh, if you've ever yeah, been yeah. to L.A. before. Well, I haven't been, but... But, like... Yeah. Okay, so if you go to L.A. and you stay in Hollywood, for example, it's very different than if you go to L.A. and stand stay in some, you know, wherever. Because, like, it's still the same city... But there's so much sprawl. You can be in this one place where there's not much going on. Um, it's not really representing what it's like to live in the city itself. And I'd say it's the same with Toronto. Like, mm. I lived on King Street, which is one of the major... Yeah, I've been to King Street, um, yeah. Yeah. That was nice. Yeah, it's... I, I mean, I, I loved it there. I, I miss it, like, so much. But I found Toronto to be a very, very not sketchy city. Um... I don't know statistically if it's safer than New York, but I mean, I never... I think statistically I it's to, less safe, actually. Yeah, yeah. I, I would believe that. Um, but I don't know. It, to me, yeah. I, mean, I, I never had any problems, but I was only there for like a, oh, just over a year, so... Yeah. I mean, I feel like also visiting and living are very different experiences, yeah. so... Cause I, yeah. I know... Th- I'm, I'm, I'm going in two weeks, I think, and I'm super excited, because it'll be the first time, besides for stopping at the airport since I left, so... <laughs> That's cool. Halifax, that's on the East Coast, right? Yep. Cause yep. I went when I was a kid. I went to like St. John's Island, Nova Scotia, like all that stuff. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I love Halifax. Like it's a great mix of. So like I live in what you'd call this. I live in the suburbs, but Halifax is small enough. I think it's like five hundred thousand people that I can drive downtown, and traffic's not too bad. Or, um, but it's still got like it's like large enough that it's got everything you'd want. The only thing we don't have is Uber. That's because we've got like a taxi cartel, <laughs> basically. Huh. Um, but yeah, it's it's like small enough that like like the one thing about Toronto and I'm sure New York. I visited New York a bunch of times, but I've never lived there. But like Toronto, if you want to go to the beach, you can drive two hours, and the beach will still be a hundred percent packed, um, and it's just miserable. Hmm. But like Halifax is small enough. Like we went to the I went, took my son to the zoo the other day, and it was like, you know. I didn't get stomped. I didn't get stomped over or like lost in a crowd or anything. But it's also large enough that like we've got everything you'd want, I guess. Yeah. That being said, it's very different than living in like you know a metropolis. Well, I would say I live in Long Island, so it's like right next to the city. And mm. the nice thing about Long Island, I, I'm not a huge fan of it to be honest. Like the people here can be a bit. Eh. Mm-hmm. No offense <laughs> to people. <laughs> yeah, I don't hate all Long Islanders. Just you know. Shout out all, to Long Island. It. Yeah. Yeah. First of all, fuck everyone. From Long Island. <laughs> But, like, the cool thing is, like, if you drive, like, 30 minutes north or, like, 40 minutes east, completely different world. It's, like, totally. it's so many different, like, environments in this little island. And I always, like, thought that was really cool. Hempstead is very different from uh, Oyster Bay. Yeah. Literally Garden City. Literally the town next to each other, completely different areas. Garden City, you're keeping your head down. You you get to your place where you got to go, and that's it. Oyster Bay, that's you go there for a, a nice evening with a, a nice day actually with your family. Go walking around, walking on the strip, enjoying some nice food. The Teddy water. Roosevelt's house. Theodore Roosevelt's house, the legend, yeah. <laughs> the most American man to ever live. Yeah, <laughs> he's out there. From what I've heard, yeah. This is turning into like a travel podcast now. Yeah, this is a travel podcast, guys. <laughs> Lots of places to visit. 
<laughs> that is great though when you can drive somewhere and like it's like I I I, lo I visited LA this summer and I went last summer too. I don't think I could ever live there because like you dr like so I was stayed in Hollywood um, for EA Play and like to drive to the airport which is probably 30 kilometers away or like or 20 miles I think was how far it is. It took me an hour and a half. Yeah. And like it's like unbearable. Like here if if I drive an hour and a half like I'm going to fucking farm somewhere. <laughs> you know like or like and yeah, it's the same same thing as what it sounds seems Long Island is like you can you know 15 minutes I can basically be out of the city, which is pretty cool. Yeah, and then literally we're like 20 minutes away from Queens. So it's like uh, either yeah. way. But uh, you know, I yeah. I hate what's like weird like if you I could literally be in Brooklyn in 30 minutes at a non peak hour so like late at night or on off hours but then normally it yeah, takes like an that hour sounds and a half. nice so definitely don't have that here um there's no brooklyn or manhattan in nova scotia oh, yeah. <laughs> other than brooklyn and manhattan it's not that far away it's an hour flight i guess <laughs> i remember there being like a warmth though when i went to nova scotia which new york doesn't really oh. have in my opinion a what? like a warmth like there's like an old timey old town kind oh of feel yeah to it. it's very it's kind of a, and I don't want to play on the stereotype of Americans being friendly because if you go to Toronto, it's very similar to New York, and there is some difference. Like when I go to Toronto, people are very like my Uber driver will talk to me, and if I'm sitting next to someone in like a train or whatever, they'll talk to me. But it's very it, that's I don't think it's Nova Scotia thing. It's just like big metropolis or big area or even this air surrounding area versus you know just. Uh, a less urban um it's just like it's qual not quality of life but um tempo of life is different mm. if you know what i mean yeah. yeah absolutely it's funny the uh the stereotype i guess americans are nice it like applies to almost every state except for uh except for new york but yeah i've I, never heard about new york I, I will say that like it's <laughs> it's easy to say ah everyone in new york is a dick i think it's more of you have to look at it it is a really packed city and for the most part, most people that you see walking around have somewhere to get to. If they mm -hmm. could take a car, they would have. If they could have taken a bus or anything else, they would have. They're commuting. So if, you, if you're in their way, you're, you're traffic. If you're yep. interrupting them, it's got to be for a good reason. But, like, otherwise, I mean, they're friendly. Everyone's friendly. I think New York is a fantastic place. Great people. Oh, yeah. Well, the people aren't any different. That's, like, the main thing is, like, if you... If you sit and have a conversation with a Canadian, if you sit and have a conversation with an American from any province or state, it's not like they're different. It's just like when you see them on the street, there's just different levels of tolerance for like, you know, not necessarily bullshit, but like, there's just different expectations for how people interact in, pub in like, in busy public spaces, you know? I mean, if you... Like, if, if, I'm, if I'm sitting with some, if I'm at a table next to someone in Dartmouth, where I live... They'll probably talk to me like in in New York. It's the same in LA too. I noticed people are really talkative, but I found New York people were really helpful though. Yeah, that that is actually a true stereotype. I found that to be true. Yeah, if you well. can get us to stop moving for a second, we're immediately ah, <laughs> you've earned our uh, loyalty. I mean, but at the same time, yeah. you can like drop dead in a subway, or you can. Like, <laughs> I mean, and you'll you'll be ignored. I mean, have you seen any of like Eric Andre stuff? No, yeah, I've, I've actually something similar to that happened to me in Toronto. Somebody, I was at a McDonald's on like a where there's because there's a lot of homeless people in Toronto. Not as much as like LA, probably not as much as New York. I don't really remember, but 
there was a guy at a table and he didn't move for like the entire time we were there like not even a little bit like no one did anything so i like went up to him and he like didn't have a pulse oh my god um he he wasn't he didn't end up dying but it was so weird he was definitely like suffering from like mental health issues and like he was really really high on some drug that Mm. made his pulse very weak because like and like i'm not trying to be like derogative but like he was like a dirty guy like he was like wearing old clothes and he was sitting in a mcdonald's and not buying anything you know like asleep on a table like no one would do anything for this guy you know Hmm. so like kelsey's a nurse but she was scared because you know he's a grown-ass man and she's like a small woman so i checked his pulse and i couldn't feel any um i was like how long has this guy been here and he'd been here been there for forever and uh they called the ambulance, but before they got there, the guy just got up and walked away. Damn. It reminds Last me of this video I saw today about this guy. He, like, lit his hair on fire and was, like, dancing around. And everyone was just like, nope. And they were just walking by. This guy's <laughs> face is literally melting off, and he can't even realize it. Jesus. Yeah. So. PCP or something? Like, I, I don't know, man. I, I don't think even PCP will, like, get you, like, to that state. I don't know much about drugs, to be honest. No, he just watched a uh, Doom Eternal trailer. Just <laughs> getting into character. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds about right. I mean, I went to Shanghai a couple years ago, and that was like, whoa, like, yeah, no personal space, which was kind of fun, but also like, I could not do this day to day. Like, yeah, there's definitely very like, I'm sure like comparatively to like Toronto versus, you know, L.A. or L.A. versus New York, like. I'm sure the difference in society seems relatively minor compared to, like, totally distinct culture. Yeah, like, you know, like, I'm walking down the street, people will just, like, not push, but, like, move you to the side. There, There's no sense of, like, I shouldn't touch this person because I don't know them kind of deal. Because <laughs> sometimes you think, oh, I'm a foreigner, you know, there might be a little more. Nope. Yeah. You're you're in the crowd, you're, you're a part of it. One thing, one interesting difference in... I guess how people act in public in LA versus New York is cars in New York. Like cars are very aggressive. Like, you know, in Halifax, for example, if, if there's a person in the intersection, even if they're on the other side of the street, the car will not go through. Hmm. But in New York, it's like, at least my experience on Manhattan or in Brooklyn a little bit. If, if, as long as you're like, they're not going to hit you, they'll go pretty much. But, then in LA, it's like so, so, so consumer, or sorry, um, not consumer, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Com- not commuter, just walker friendly. Mm. That like, it, like, if you're in LA and you're in a crosswalk, the cars won't go. And I noticed too, like, because like I'm, I'm, when I'm in a big city like Toronto or New York, I'm used to just like walking across the street, uh, even if it's not like a crosswalk, you know, you, know, you, you just walk across the street if it's safe. But if you try to do that in L.A., cars will stop for you, even, like, illegally. Um, Interesting. It's just, like, a, like, I wonder what ends up leading to that uh, difference. Probably that people are really litigious in L.A. and they'll sue you if you hit them. I but. think it's also because in New York, you see people walking around constantly. And I feel like L.A., it's yeah. not as often. So it's like you have to true. start Everyone running over LA people. Is, they're broke, you know. If they hit someone, they're dead. They're, uh, all it. the money's gone. <laughs> Can't afford um new york is it's frogger yeah people are uh both the people are insane and the people driving like it's you have people who are gonna walk like 
and they're barely touching like the taxi that just like blasted yeah. by them. It's uh, it's a jungle. It's a jungle sometimes. Do, uh, does New York have the new like? Uh, I don't know if they're new. We don't we don't have them here, but the new Uber scooters. No. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Uh... What scooter? Everywhere you go in LA, there are these electric scooters. Literally every block will have like ten of them, and. You get on them. It's it's they're, they're so good. You can travel across the city on these scooters, and it's basically just like it sounds like. It's like a scooter with a motor in it. You can hit like huh. twenty miles an hour. I think I've heard um, of them. We have city bikes. They're so good. We have bikes. Yeah. But if you get on a bike in the city, you're asking for death. <laughs> That's funny because in Toronto, I commuted everywhere by bike, even in winter. But I I wouldn't do it in New York. <laughs> I will say Toronto had much, at least in the downtown area, much wider streets. Than New York does, because New York only yeah, their avenues yeah, are wide, definitely. their streets are narrow as mm-hmm. fuck. Yeah, they're both kind of slave to the grid format, but mm-hmm. but uh, but yeah. So so basically, like if I were to walk out my hotel room, there's just like because the good thing is you get on these scooters, and then when you're done, you just leave them. So like every block just has like tons of these scooters on it. You get on them, you pay like ten cents a minute, and you can basically go like across the entire city. Oh, you know, for like a few fuck, bucks. Wrong, it's, it's amazing. There is a city in China. I, I'll post the pic for the viewers. But there's they had the same thing where it's like everyone could just rent a bike and then you just ditch mm-hmm. it and the company will pack it up. Well, this yeah. entire t- apartment building, everyone turns out was using those bikes and just tossed it right next to the entrance to the apartment building. <laughs> there's literally like a 10 foot mound of these bikes after some point. It was insane. That's crazy. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. So literally just, and then they saw people walking out, just fishing a bike out of this mass and then just like going to work. And I was like, what? Yeah. With the scooters, they make you take a picture of it on the app. Okay. And, uh, but the good thing is like, no one has to come collect them because someone will just take it and go. Hmm. Um, yeah. Like they, they don't need to be recharged very often, it seems like. And they just kind of, yeah, they're super fun too. Like I like looked forward to commuting. <laughs> I was like, sweet, I gotta go across town. Let me hop on my scooter. That's pretty cool. No, like the ones here, they have like GPS built in. So then like wherever it is, they'll have a literally a truck around picking them up and putting them back into like their uh, stations. Yeah. That's better than, because like in Toronto, you have to dock them, which is not the most convenient. Yeah, no, I think it, like, it used to be like that. but Yeah. Maybe it's not anymore there either, but I loved it. I Because I would, I would bike to work every single day and it was... Yeah, it was awesome. I will say Toronto subways, very nice, very clean. Not nearly as effective as like New York though. Like I was downtown and there weren't any subway stops near me. Um, well, yeah, there's definitely a lot less lines in general though. Yeah, I did notice that. Yeah, it, it's good north to south, and it sounds like you were probably north, but um, east to west, it's kind of shit. Well, <laughs> actually, I think it was a little. I had to take a bus to get to a to a subway station. Like a thirty-minute bus ride. That just sucks. Yeah, <laughs> fuck the bus. Oh yeah, you must have been pretty. You must have been pretty far out. Yeah, it was. It was a decent car ride in. So. Yeah. I'm gonna throw a curveball. What's uh, up? Okay. The metro, in Prague, was, terrifying. Yeah. It, it is an old Soviet, you know, made by the Soviets. <laughs> I nuclear powered. Oh boy. Uh, I mean, I will tell you, holy moly, I have never been more fright- frightful. And I, w- I wasn't even on the, the train yet. I was uh, the the escalator. The escalators are normally, you know, nice and uh, 
it's like a nice gradient, you know? You step on, mm -hmm. you move up, nice and fine. Normally, it's slow enough that you can see the step and then just wait, step on it, and then you're on. Fine. Mm -hmm. Not this one. In this one, not only is it not a gradient, it is the steepest escalator, escalator <laughs> I've ever seen in my life. It's practically you're staying on your, like, tippy toes. It is, like, going straight up. It's more of a ladder than an escalator. And on top of that, the steps are moving, like, three times as fast. So you don't <laughs> wait for the step. You just... Oh. Oops. You, oh, he's back. You just Sorry. step on there and assume that it's going to catch you. It's got no time for your bullshit It's got no safety. time. No That's one, not I very mean, efficient. No one else there like seemed to notice. They didn't care. They were getting on and off. They're used to it. But for me, I'm like holding on to it for like dear life. I'm leaning all the way forward because it feels like I'm going to fall. If I fall backwards, I'm going like I'm falling like 200 feet down. Like <laughs> it just felt terrifying. And then, of course, the trains are like super fast. Yeah. And loud. Very fun. Never heard that about a subway or a metro before. Fun. Yeah, no, it wasn't. I'm not doing that ever again. I'm not going to that, <laughs> that particular... I'll, I'll walk. I don't care. Prague is a beautiful city. <laughs> yeah, might as well. One day, there's like an insanely good film school there that like, they handpick students. Do they need any SCP creators? <laughs> there you no, go. That's just I just finished missing. film school. <laughs> I'm done with that shit. <laughs> like my friend's probably going to do like... Like grad school for film was weird. Like, you're only going there if you're going to get, like, crazy connects, basically. Uh, so is it, is it, do people mostly pay for it? Or yeah, do no, you get, it's like, paid. paid work? Definitely you have to pay for it. Uh, yeah. That sucks. And, like, what sucks with my school, I won't mention the name, but, like, once you graduate, they're kind of like, fuck off, just give me money, <laughs> <laughs> that's it. And it's like, then you get to hear about other film schools where it's like they actively are trying to get them hooked up in the industry. And for me, it's like I had a very loose family contact that me and Jake interned for a production company. And like that got me some really horrible, shitty PA work. But other than that, it's been like I'm just kind of people I met at Hofstra scrambling to get work every now and then. It's like. So you just said the name of the college anyway. Oh, I did. I'll bleep yeah. it out. It's okay. We'll bleep it out. <laughs> <laughs> but I know. Oh, you know. Yeah. If you become a Patreon to the uh, a patron to the Eckhart's Letter Patreon and pledge more than ten dollars or more, I'll link I'll leak their film school to you guys. Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> well, you can technically, if you look hard enough, some someone a fan did was like, "Whoa, you filmed at my university!" I'm like, "Cool, I I went to school there." Cool, you live too close to us. Yeah, <laughs> stand down, step away yeah. slowly. That's not good. You know, I just realized we're almost. Almost at two hour mark. Almost at two hours. Fantastic. And I'm so glad we've had this wonderful SCP conversation. We got it. I like the one with the uh, spooky object. Oh, the spooky object, man. That was terrifying. Mm -hmm. was really I good. like the yeah. one that's spooky that when you put stuff into it, it comes out spookier. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I like the one that seems spooky, but actually isn't as spooky. It's kind of pleasant. That was very cute. Mm. Yes. Speaking of SCP. Time for the SCP book club that we forgot to do last week. So we'll just give you guys a new one, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Let's, <you know> what? <laughs> so basically what we're thinking is SCP-2761, Bananazilla. If you, a little synopsis. Basically these people trying to make some cool, nifty, genetically modified glowing pet fish. As you do. And they're like, wait, what if we make them smell like fruit? And uh, things go awry. So you yeah. just get wacky. Yeah. yeah, it's a fun one. Sounds wacky. Check it out. 
Um, so you guys gonna have a full discussion on that next episode? Yeah. Yeah. But because it's kind of weird, it's probably not going to be us having the discussion about it. Right. So, yeah. Oh, well. Uh, yeah. We'll maybe think out this segment a little better at some point. But for now, this works. Uh, since we're wrapping it up, do you have anything you want to shout out, promote? Um, let's see. So we got a new, a new line of skincare. It's not <laughs> wonderful. Um, skincare products, not just skincare. Um, I'm just joking. I've got my own podcast that you guys can check out. It's, um, called tap calf transmissions. Basically what we're doing is we're doing a um, book club style reading of every Star Wars Legends book. Holy moly. We basically started with the True Sepakura, which is right after episode six. We just did episode two on the first book in the X-Wing series. And then next, when's this going to come out? Oh, we don't know yet. Who knows? I, I want to say July-ish. Okay. So I don't know what the next book will be by the time this comes out. But if you're interested, um, we split it on my channel and the channel of the other creator. But you can also find it on... Um, iTunes, uh, Spotify, Podbean, search tra- Tap Calf Transmissions. Other than that, you can follow my YouTube channel. It'll be nothing like this conversation. Links <laughs> in the description. As always. Sweet. All right, well, thank you for coming on. It was a blast. Thanks. Anytime. It was really fun. Yeah, sweet. All right, that's a wrap. Thank that's you, guys. Wrap, folks. See you next time. Bye. I hate SCP. Okay. S- <laughs> <laughs>